morning and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. It truly was a tale of two halves for the Grizzlies against the Trailblazers in Portland last night. And spoiler alert, the only half worth reading is the first half. We'll talk about a forgettable second half performance and loss overall for the Grizzlies, though a few encouraging takeaways. How the three-point shot has really become a strong part of this Grizzlies offense in multiple ways. And previewing the Grizzlies game tonight against the Golden State Warriors, the first time the Grizzlies will face the Warriors since eliminating them from the playoff picture last year. That and much more on this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Here we go. You are Locked On Grizzlies. Your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Hope wherever you are, wherever you're listening and wherever you're watching, you're having a wonderful start to your Thursday. My name's Sean Coleman right here. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter, the show at Locked on Grizz. You can find the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, wherever you choose to listen, that's where we will be. Listen, subscribe, review, let us know what you think of the show. Also now here on YouTube, and make sure you hit that subscribe button below. Let's us know you like the show. Let's us know, let's others who enjoy Grizzlies content find the show just overall makes the show as good of an experience as possible. My name's Sean Coleman, credentialed media member with the Grizzlies. My fourth season covering the Grizzlies. Your Grizzlies here every single day. Your host here at Lockdown Grizzlies every single day. Of course, we want to remind you of a few things. Number one, thank you so much for making Lockdown Grizzlies your first listen of the day. For your second listen, why not check out the Locked On NBA or Locked On NFL podcast shows? Free wherever you get your podcasts or where you get YouTube. They're going to give you the latest news for the NBA, all the new Locked On NBA podcasts, all the news starting the season for the NFL, the trade deadlines right around the corner, all the rumors found in one place. Also want to remind you of our title sponsor for the show, McDonald's. Since 1965, not only is McDonald's a great place for you to get great food, enjoy a good part of your day when it comes to food that obviously is not only tastes good, but also can be healthy for your daily diet, but it's a community center as well. It's a great place to catch up with all the things that you love. Great food, great times, great experiences with those that you care for. Make sure to check out your local McDonald's today. So the Memphis Grizzlies go into last night's game against the Portland Trailblazers, and the hope was was that the Grizzlies can continue to build off what was a solid start to the season. Despite being 2-1, and one, they were in game. They, they beat the Cavaliers and the Clippers, and they were in that game with the Lakers. It was just a last-minute second free throw that didn't fall for John Morant. The Grizzlies could, did not have an answer for Carmelo Anthony. And so though they did not win the game against the Lakers, they certainly had the chance to win. And it looked like that the Grizzlies, once again, were going to get off to a good start in the first half of last night's game. Several indications showed that the Grizzlies were the better team. They were out-rebounding, out-passing, out-defending the Portland Trailblazers. Overall, the Grizzlies held Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum to 6 of 23 from the field last night in the first half of the game. The Grizzlies themselves, 12 of 31 from three. They were well on pace to perhaps establish new records when it came to shooting the three in a single game last night. The thing that was not going towards their favor, only 40% from the field. Their shots just simply were not falling, but the Grizzlies were able to take a six-point lead into halftime, even though Portland, really the only reason why they were, you know, they kept the lead from being double digits was because Portland had a clear advantage 
when it came to free throws. And that, unfortunately, is where the good part of the story ends. After halftime, the Grizzlies just absolutely unraveled, fell off. In the third quarter, shots were not falling. Damian Lillard, Dame time arrived. He was able to find his stroke. And the Grizzlies, what they were doing was they were going with the high blitz. They were trying to blitz up top to disrupt McCollum or Lillard. But the problem is, is that early in the third quarter, as the Grizzlies were doing that, both Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. reached their fourth foul each. So both Adams and Jackson Jr. had to be taken out of the game. So the Grizzlies had to play small with Brandon Clark at the five. I believe, yeah, Brandon Clark and Kyle Anderson in the game. Well, they blitzed up. They continued to blitz up top to stop Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. But the problem is, is that nobody was covering the middle. So if McCollum or Lillard did not have the shot that they wanted, they just simply gave a feed to a cutting big man. Basically, it was Joseph Nurkic to start off the quarter. It was Cody Zeller a few times towards the middle or end of the quarter. And then at the end of the third quarter, it was Larry Nance. But that middle of the lane was wide open all quarter long for the Portland Trailblazers. I believe it led to 16 to 18 points for Portland that were easy for them to get. And unfortunately, the Grizzlies had no answer. And of course, you combine that with the fact, again, that the Grizzlies' shots weren't falling. Damian Lillard, I believe, made three or four threes in the quarter, and Portland was just absolutely able to find every angle that they could in the middle of the lane to score bucket after bucket. The Grizzlies fell down big, and it only continued to snowball from there. Following that, Portland could not be stopped from three as you went into the third, going into the fourth quarter. And by midway through the fourth quarter, the Grizzlies basically were down 30, 32, 34 points in the second half. They were basically outscored by 30 points from the start of the third quarter towards the middle of the fourth quarter. And by that time, the game was out of hand. So a pretty disappointing, downright forgettable night for the Grizzlies in Portland. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that the Grizzlies just did not play characteristic basketball. They struggled mightily in that third quarter, but also overall. The Grizzlies shot under 40% from the field. They established a career. They established a new franchise high. They shot 51 threes last night. The first time in Grizzlies franchise history they had attempted more than 50 threes, but only made 16 of them. Offensive execution wasn't there. They, a lot of twos were not made, and therefore the Grizzlies just were not able to hit their shots like they needed to. The Grizzlies came into last night's game leading the NBA in free throw percentage. They were only 5 of 12 from the free throw line last night. So they weren't hitting their shots. 21 turnovers for the Grizzlies. Very uncharacteristic of a Taylor Jenkins-led team. So not only were the Grizzlies not hitting their shots, they were giving up too many opportunities for Portland to hit theirs. And so that certainly isn't a remedy for success. And then on defense, it was a lack of execution as well as at times lack of effort. The Grizzlies did not make the needed adjustments to you know, prevent the Portland Bigs from getting into the lane to have easy buckets. Damian Lillard was making shots. I think the Grizzlies defended both Lillard and McCollum pretty well, even considering what went on in the second quarter. Overall, the numbers suggest the Grizzlies did pretty decently against McCollum. McCollum was 0 of 5 when facing Desmond Bain as his primary defender. Damian Lillard was 2 of 7 when DeAnthony Melton was his primary defender. So the Grizzlies did a decent job of defending McCollum and Dame. They just didn't have an answer of stopping the other players from contributing. No one other player of Portland really stepped up to have a great game. But overall, Anthony Simons, for instance, had a very good game last night um, You know, as the backup point guard. But overall, it was a complete team effort from Portland on offense as they found multiple ways 
to keep the offense consistent that that the Grizzlies just did not have an answer for. But I do think that last night's performance, yes, if you want to call it a wake-up call, if you want to call it growing pains, that's fine. I do feel that it is a prime opportunity for there to be overreaction. And that's something that, you know, you have to kind of keep yourself from, from you know, going too deep into. Yes, the Grizzlies did struggle last night. It's the fourth game of the season. It's a game that they should have won. They showed how, you know, prepared they, they showed that they had the ability to win it in the first half of the game. They won. The Grizzlies won the first half of the game. They just absolutely fell off in the second half. Now, a few encouraging signs were certainly there. Desmond Bain, before unfortunately having to leave the um, game, I believe it was in the late in the third quarter, an elbow from Larry Nance Jr. hit Bain in the eye, so he had to leave for the game. It'll um, Hopefully he'll be able to play tonight against Golden State. Before that, Desmond Bain, another absolutely efficient scoring night. Three of, uh, four of seven from three, 19 points overall. It certainly seemed like he was on his way to setting a new career high when it came to points, something I think Desmond Bain will do several times this year if he keeps up the offensive success he's had so far to start the season. And though John Morant was limited in terms of scoring last night, he missed a triple-double by one rebound. So overall, he was still quite productive. But a few outliers that were certainly discouraging, yes, they were negative to see, but you also have to take a step back and think, okay, these probably are going to be few and far between in terms of when they happen. For instance, DeAnthony Melton and Jaron Jackson Jr., a combined three of 21 from the field last night, one of eight from three, and three of 18 on shots that were uncontested. The Grizzlies, both Melton and Jaron Jackson Jr. combined, made only three of 18 uncontested shots last night. I have to figure that that's going to be few and far between when that occurs. So it was a mixture of things that you're not going to usually see from the Grizzlies, but also on top of that, it's certainly things that need to be fixed quickly, especially on the defensive end of the, of the defensive end of the court, and they're going to have to fix it quickly if they hope to have success tonight against Golden State. So yes, a disappointing performance from the Grizzlies. If you want to call it a wake-up call, if you want to call it, you know, them being brought back to earth, whatever it may be, that's fine. Part of the equation is certainly things that need to be fixed. Part of the equation is shots simply needing to fall. And part of the equation is it was just an overall perfect storm of a bad night that also in terms of turnovers, in terms of missed open shots, in terms of missed free throws, those are things you're not going to usually see. So plenty of things to take away and grow from from last night, but also you expect for the Grizzlies, obviously, to bounce back pretty quickly. But one thing that certainly has been there for Memphis to start this season is their ability to shoot the three. And it's not just that the Grizzlies are getting luckier that it's a fluke. There is depth to their approach that certainly suggests this team continues to significantly improve to make the three a featured part of the offense. We'll look at that in just a second. But as I mentioned, a title sponsor for today's show is McDonald's. And now when I say McDonald's, you know, for those of us who, who, who you know, I, I now am coming up on, you know, 30 years that I've been on this earth. And the thing that I'll say is, is that from the time that I was a toddler to 30 years later now, I can say that I've always recognized McDonald's as being a great source of food, you know, fries, burgers, nuggets, dessert, whatever have you, in any community size that you grew up in, McDonald's was a source that made people happy because of the great food that it served. 
But McDonald's also wants to remind you that since 1965, it's also been a community center. It's a place for folks to connect. We all remember having birthday parties at McDonald's. All remember going on a first date at McDonald's. All remember going to visit friends for lunch or what have you at McDonald's. That's the great thing about McDonald's is that it's not just a place to enjoy great food. It's a place to enjoy great times for you to connect with those that you love. We all know that we love being a people around the people that we care for. And McDonald's is a great place to do it. And in honor of John Morant and the fact that we all know when you go to McDonald's, their theme is I'm loving it. -da 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 -da, I'm loving it. You hear me? Make sure you check out McDonald's for your next Grizzlies game. But also take along a few friends. It'll make the experience that much better. want to thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day, but I highly encourage you to also check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball and the Locked On Ultimate Season Preview. If you're playing fantasy basketball this year, the number one source for fantasy basketball out there is Josh Lloyd. Check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball for all the latest of who you need to add to your squad. And though this season is more than a week into action, Check out that ultimate season preview. See who was accurate or who may have not been accurate on their ideas of who was really going to start the season strong. All of that available wherever you get your podcasts or YouTube. So after making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day, check out the ultimate season preview or Locked On Fantasy Basketball for your second listen of the day. So I talked all offseason about how shooting the three, featuring high percentage looks from distance, distance was going to be the next evolution of this Grizzlies offense. It was going to be the next needed step for the Grizzlies to take for their offense to really be consistent on the level it needed to be to not only hopefully make the playoffs, but to advance in the playoffs, to feature an offense that, that was better correlated with success in the playoffs. And though it's only been four games, the key is this, is that even though it's already been four games, from last year to the preseason to this year, we already can see that much of the success last year, much of the steps forward, much of the growth shooting the ball from three that we saw last year, it has translated over to this year, and it's been even better so far. Two key areas that I talked about during the offseason that I felt the Grizzlies needed to really, really feature or focus on were creating their own shots from three as well as featuring the corner three more often because the Grizzlies had some of the best depth. They had some of, of the best um, uh, overall committee work when it came to shooting the three from the corner in the NBA. Both Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain were two of the best corner three-point shooting players in the NBA last year. And though the Grizzlies themselves don't have a lot of shot creation in general compared to other teams, they do have more than they usually do, especially with the step forwards that DeAnthony Melton and John Rant made last year, where early indications certainly show that those are the two exact areas that have allowed for the Grizzlies to get off to such a good start shooting the three this season. As of this morning, after they've played four games so far this year, the Grizzlies are in the top five of the NBA in accuracy, both in terms of shooting the three on pull-up three-point attempts as well as from the corner. They are second in the league at 54% shooting the corner three so far this year, and they're fourth in the league at just over 40% on pull-up threes. Now, are those numbers likely to last? They'll probably regress a bit, but it doesn't mean that those numbers are a complete fluke because there is clear support 
of why the Grizzlies as a whole are getting better in those areas. I mentioned it last year. John Morant, from the start of the, the 2021 season through the end of March, he shot 21% on pull-up threes. Then, from the start of April through the end of last year, he shot 42%. That's why his three-point percentage shot up towards the end of last year. DeAnthony Melton, he made a huge leap in terms of his ability to hit on self-created shots, on pull-up shot opportunities, and that was a big reason why he emerged as being one of the better reserve three-point shooters in the league last year. Desmond Bain's numbers also improved on pull-up shooting as well. Well, that has stepped over to this year. And now add into the mix Jaron Jackson Jr. I mentioned yesterday, Jaron's three-point shooting ability so far this season, at least until last night, was right on par with what he did during his sophomore year in the league. Entering last night, John Morant was 5 of 11 on pull-up opportunities. Desmond Bain had showed a, a bit more frequency, a bit better ability to create his own shot, though the shots were not falling. But last night, Desmond Bain and John Morant were 6 of 13 for, th for 3. The Anthony Melton, it, regression was coming from him. He had an off night. But again, between him and Jaron, you don't expect every night for them to go 1 for 8. You expect that they're going to have 5 or 6 threes between them as well. My point is, is that it's not just about this roster for the Grizzlies being the deepest this franchise has ever been when it comes to shooting the three. It's the fact that there is now depth in how they can find those shots from distance. They can find catch and shoot opportunities anywhere around the court, especially with the improved facilitation from Steven Adams and others. They can create their own shot, not consistently. I'm not saying they're all of a sudden prime Golden State Warriors from when the from their dynasty, but I am saying this team is more competent in creating their own shot, and they also know how to incorporate finding, the, finding high percentage looks from three with their offensive intent. When you look at the Grizzlies' offense now, it's not all about them finding the right angle to attack the basket for a high percentage look from a high percentage look for a floater or near the rim 80 to 90 percent of the time. Now, yes, that is a focus. Yes, they still want to do that, but now they're just as aware of going after the three-point shot as they are from finding shots near the rim. And the results speak for themselves. Again, I'm not suggesting that the Grizzlies are going to be a top 10 three-point shooting team this year. Eventually, those numbers will regress. But even though those numbers will regress, they're likely still going to be significantly better than they were last year, which is exactly the result that you want to see from all the hard work and improvement in talent that Memphis has done internally over the past 12 to 18 months. And the other really encouraging thing to see to consider, despite what he's going to add to the defensive side of things when he comes back, what are Dylan Brooks' strengths when it comes to shooting the three? Creating his own shot, he probably has a better ability to do that than anybody on the team, and also his ability to shoot the shot from the corner. So if the Grizzlies can continue to show significant improvement creating their own shot and accuracy on three-point attempts, their self-creation opportunities from three, and they can also remain very accurate from the corner, that's going to establish a basis for them to really be able to build off of, for them to take that next step that we've talked about for a couple of years now of shooting the three. They finally have the basis, it seems, in terms of improved self-creation and being able to shoot the ball confidently from anywhere on the court. That's the type of development that you would hope to see for a team that's hoping to be at least league average this year when it comes to shooting the three. And early results are certainly encouraging 
with Dylan Brooks still coming along himself, he certainly will be another asset for the Grizzlies to do, to do what they want to do, shooting the three-point ball. So very encouraging for the Grizzlies. But of course, they're going to need that tonight. I'm not sure if 50 shots from three are going to be needed again tonight, but at the very least, the Grizzlies are going to have to do a much better job tonight against the Golden State Warriors when it comes to their offensive execution than they did last night. Well, while the Grizzlies are hoping to block out the memories from last night to be able to have the best chance to win tonight's game, I can tell you this, when it comes to you wanting to block out the chances of excessive sweat when it comes to hot temperatures, the answer for you is sweat block. Doctor created and doctor recommended. Sweat block is a great source because it allows for you to be able to have the opportunity to have your confidence back when it comes to the summer. You can stop excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. And there's a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's not just for your armpits. It's for anywhere that sweat may be a threat. And the great thing about it is you can find it almost anywhere as well. Go to sweatblock.com. Get 20% off using the promo code lock. Go on it. Find it on Amazon. Find it on CVS. Wherever you care to find it, I can tell you with confidence, sweat block wipes are going to be a great addition to your day to let you enjoy the warm temperatures even more. I also want to remind you of this. If you want to make your day better, why not do the same thing that LeBron James, King James himself does? Do you want to know what makes him, do you want to know what makes LeBron James, King James? It's sleep. That's right. Sleep is his superpower. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. When it comes to athletes, we tend to focus on physical fitness. But there's another side to the game that's just as important. Mental Fitness, Calm, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind and become the champion version of yourself. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you keep your brain, keep can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce stress, and perform at your best, just like King James. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. So if you head to calm.com, slash locked on NBA for a limited time, you can get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. On tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, we'll review the West Coast road trip as a whole, and obviously the game against the Golden State Warriors. And of course, we'll also preview the Grizzlies returning home. Their competition doesn't get much easier. The Miami Heat in two games against the Denver Nuggets await Memphis at the FedEx Forum. We'll look at the game against the Heat as well on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So the Grizzlies, one and two on this West Coast road trip. They played very well in two games. Got a needed victory against the Clippers, and they had one forgettable performance against the Portland Trailblazers. So tonight, the Grizzlies in their road trip versus the Golden State Warriors. And yes, let's be honest, you were certainly thinking coming into this back-to-back, the Grizzlies had a better chance against Portland than they did against Golden State. And now the fact that the Grizzlies have not only lost to Portland, but lost in a pretty embarrassing way, I can understand that people may not be too confident going into tonight's game against the Golden State Warriors. And there's also a little bit of motivation on the Warriors' end, obviously. 160 days ago, exactly five weeks, five months and one day, that was a day that the Grizzlies went into the Chase Center and eliminated the Golden State Warriors 
from playoff contention in the 2020-2021 season. John Morant was absolutely spectacular. One of the best games in his career. Five threes, 35 total points. He literally matched Steph Curry shot for shot and moment for moment. But the thing that stood out as well was the fact that it was the Grizzlies supporting cast that really stood up. Xavier Tillman, I wrote about it in Xavier Tillman's season preview at Grizzly Bear Blues. It was not only the fact that he made a very good defensive effort and the last play of regulation to keep Draymond Green from having a, a good look at the basket to win the game, but it was also the three-point shot that he hit in overtime. The Grizzlies' depth was just as important to their victory to eliminate Golden State as John Morant his, himself was. And let's be honest, going into last night's game against Portland, John Morant, if Steph Curry won Western Conference Player of the Week, which he did, I would say feel confident saying John Morant easily was second in that consideration with how well Jaw played to begin the season. But tonight, the big key is going to be between Steph Curry and John Morant, who steps up and has the bigger game? Not only in terms of their own production, but in terms of elevating their teammates. That is something that is certainly going to stand out. But I do think that even beyond that, it's going to also come down to what supporting cast steps up to support their star. Do the Warriors have that supporting cast, especially defensively, that steps up? Or can the Grizzlies get back on track offensively? And I think there's multiple layers to it. For instance, when it comes to the starting lineups around Jaw and Steph Curry, you have to think the Grizzlies feel good about their chances, especially if Desmond Bain can play. Desmond Bain continuing to ride the momentum of a great start to the season, and De'Anthony Melton and then Jaron Jackson Jr. are having every bit of reason to want to get back to end this road trip on a good note after their struggles last night. If all three of those players play, and if combined, perhaps they can get 50 or so points from those three players to support John Morant, especially for shooting the three well, that's going to be a big boost to the Grizzlies' efforts to win. But for the Warriors, who have Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, who have kind of alternated and stepping up as that number two scoring option to support Steph, both those players without Steph in the lineup last year, they stepped up and did a great job versus the Grizzlies, especially in that back-to-back -back series last year where I believe it was in February where the Grizzlies welcomed Golden State. The Grizzlies didn't have an answer for Jordan Poole, and Andrew Wiggins in the first game of that back-to-back -back dropped 40 points. So the Grizzlies have struggled defending Poole and Wiggins in the past. If either one of those two has a big game to support Steph Curry, that obviously improves the Warriors' chances to win. But another key factor that the Grizzlies have struggled with this season is bench production. Overall, the Grizzlies bench has to prevent from being significantly outproduced when the second units are mainly on the court tonight. Last night, it was Anthony Simons who himself stepped up 17 points. I believe, I believe he was 5 of 10 for 3 last night as well. He was a big supporting player for the Portland Trailblazers last night. Damian Lee has stepped up and been a good early six-man-of-the-year candidate for the Golden State Warriors. He shot really well from three to start the season. So when it comes to the depth of the Grizzlies and the Warriors stepping up in this game, the Grizzlies need to hope that between Melton Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr., they get 40 to 50 combined points on a good shooting night, and that they also have someone step up off the bench to really help out when the second units are on the court. And for the Warriors, from the Grizzlies' perspective, you got to, in some way, shape, or form, slow down Wiggins and Poole while also making sure 
no one from the Warriors bench emerges as the clear best reserve in this game. A tall task for Memphis, but one that they should certainly should feel confident in doing because, again, the starters of Bain, Melton, and Jaron Jackson Jr. have been stepping up all season so far despite last night's effort. But another key thing for the Grizzlies is that they cannot afford to be as undisciplined as they were last night on defense or on offense. On offense, the 21 turnovers last night just cannot happen again. The Golden State Warriors are one of, if not the, most disciplined teams in the NBA. They give up the second fewest steals per game. They commit the second fewest steals per game. They're first in terms of opponents' blocks per game, and they're also first in terms of fewest opponents' free throws made per game. They don't turn the ball over, and they don't foul. This Warriors team does not beat themselves. The Grizzlies are coming off a performance last night where they beat themselves in the second half. And the, and the other thing about the Warriors is, is that they are second in the NBA in assists. So not only do they not turn the ball over, they also pass the ball very well. And of course, they do that looking for three-point shots to make. So the Grizzlies are going to have to make effective ball rotations. They're going to have to focus on staying in place, not going after the steal so often. And obviously, they're going to have to do what they can do to contest threes. Again, it's going to take a much better defensive effort for the Grizzlies to have a chance tonight than they played with last night, while also making sure they take care of the ball on offense. So in other words, the Grizzlies are just absolutely going to have to, after last night, playing you know, possibly some of the worst basketball we've seen under Taylor Jenkins, you know, since he became the Grizzlies head coach, the Grizzlies are going to have to bounce back quickly and play some of the best basketball that we've seen this season, I think, for them to be able to win this game. They certainly can do it. If the Grizzlies can play like they have for stretches this year, but put it together in a whole game against the Warriors, they certainly can win tonight's game. But it's going to take a complete team effort, and more importantly, it's going to take a disciplined, effective approach on both defense and offense. Staying in position, not taking too many risks, contesting threes on, on defense while also making good passes, taking care of the basketball, and hitting open shots on offense. And of course, when you get your free throw opportunities, hit those as well. So yes, it's going to be a tall task. The Grizzlies are not only going to have to bounce back after last night's performance quickly, but they're obviously going to have to get much better. They're going to have to turn a complete 180 in their efforts if they're going to find a way to beat Golden State tonight. We'll see what happens, and we'll be right back here with you once we know what happens in the game between Steph and Morant as the Grizzlies end their West Coast road trip. Don't forget you can find the show at Locked on Grizzlies, myself at Stats SAC. Make sure you listen, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, and make sure you hit that subscribe button below here on YouTube. It's been a lot of fun. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.